0: Welcome back, Golden Bear fans. Uh my name's Andrew Shotwell. I'm I'm uh here with our co anchor Alex Laporte. How are we doing? Uh before we get into our great guest today, which we we're, we were really looking forward to uh learning more about her life no and doubt. uh what she's got going on. Uh, I'll take a quick second to introduce myself and uh I was a former student athlete at Concordia, graduated in 2016, and uh Played baseball with uh, Alex to the right of me here. Yes, sir. And had a great time at Concordia. Clearly can't quite get away from campus. Still here trying to uh, you know, shed light on what goes on in Concordia Athletics and, and try to tell the story of Concordia Athletics. So currently I'm, I'm selling some golf memberships at Burl Oaks Golf Club and oh, doing boy. some uh, marketing. So college degree did get me something. <laughs> and uh, It's always the plan. I'll let Port kind of just give him a quick introduction before we jump into what's going on at Concordia
1: right now. Yeah, Shadi, thanks for letting me get a word in. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm, I'm Alex Laporte. Um, you know, Shadi and I also go back to our time uh, growing up at uh, in Minnetonka, Minnesota. Uh, you know, elementary school, middle school, high school, and uh, also college. But yeah, I, I also uh, am a class of 2016 alum. I uh, played baseball here for four years. And uh, I think it's now my third year on staff as an assistant coach for the baseball program. And, um, you know, so that's what I do in the offseason, uh, you know, when the MLBs in the offseason. And uh, my, my first job is as a visiting clubhouse assistant uh, for the Minnesota Twins. And I'm looking forward to that starting up. Uh, but enough about us. Um, and before we introduce our guests, we'll dive into some sports. So uh, where are we starting off, Shadi?
0: You want to give us a quick rundown? What happened to uh, women's hoops over the past weekend?
1: Yeah, the, uh, the women's squad competed in the first round of the NSIC tourney uh, against number 5 seed Northern State Wolves uh, at the Gangelhoff Center. Uh, the Bears ended up losing a tough one in OT uh, as the Wolves were able to pull off a 72-68 win. But their season isn't necessarily over uh, as the team will wait to watch the NCAA basketball selection show on March 8th to see if they are one of the eight teams selected into the Central Regional Tournament. Uh, you know, with that being said, we'd also like to congratulate Riley Wheatcraft on being named first team All NSIC, and Danielle Schaub on being named second team All NSIC. So, congrats, ladies! Uh, I know we all look forward to seeing even more from you two in the future. What else do we got, Schaub? Uh Men's hoops. Men's hoops. Yeah, unfortunately, kind of a similar
0: situation here. They went into the, went into the NSIC uh, championship or uh, NSIC conference championship. Wow tournament hey man it's early for you it's early for you we're all but right. uh yeah they took on the number two seed duluth bulldogs and similar situation went to double overtime, time but uh, couldn't quite find that winning edge to get them over the top as they fell to uh, a very tough bulldogs team and they were led uh the bears were led by junior jordan Coblin, who finished the season or sorry finished with the team high 20 points in the contest and actually led the team in scoring this year, averaging 16.4 points a game and added 4.9 assists a night. So a very respectable season for the junior guard, and uh, I know he's probably looking forward to next season already. And We walk by, and they're already getting their shots up in the gym, and uh, yeah. you know there's going to be no time off uh, for them. They're going to get right back to it and uh, right back to work for next year. So, Yes, sir, no days off. Yeah, so let's transition to uh, the outdoor sport here. How about uh, how the baseball team opened the season? You
1: know, the baseball team, uh, they started their first three games on the road down um, in central Missouri. Uh, they got to open the playing the number four team in the country, which is, which is awesome. Uh, obviously, the turnout wasn't uh, w- what we wanted. Um, but, you know, we, we got a lot of positives out of that series as well, even though the scores weren't, weren't the best. Uh, we, we did get a lot of, out of that series. And we actually played a doubleheader on Wednesday uh, against a solid St. Cloud State team. Uh, we actually split the doubleheader. We went one and one against them. Uh, we lost the first game 7-0, but then we were actually able to bounce back in game two in a, in a big comeback. I, I believe we scored three runs in the last inning on uh, in a seven-inning game and ended up winning 7-6. to six. So um, that was an awesome way to get some momentum going into to Arizona. So we'll be in Arizona for, I think, nine and a half days, and uh, we'll see what happens, man. But we got a, a young, fired-up ball club, and uh, I'm looking forward to what this year has to offer. And if I'm
0: not mistaken, that was coach, new coach, head coach, Neil Lerner's first uh, win
1: as a collegiate coach. Yes, sir. Got his first collegiate win. Uh, we, we were all fired up about it. And um, what a way to get his first win in a, in a walk-off. It's awesome. Uh, and then there's actually one more thing um, that I have to say here. Uh, I think we got, what, track and field NSIC championships are today, uh, this weekend, uh, down in Mankato. So, good luck to all student athletes who are participating in the championships. Uh, And it looks like we have multiple student athletes on the team who will be fighting to earn a ticket to compete in the NCAA national indoor competition as well. So, good luck to the team this weekend and and in the future. Uh, And then, Shadi, what do we got? Women's lacrosse? Yeah, women's lacrosse uh, on
0: fire to start the season. Uh, Came out uh, with the, they're starting out the season with a 4 0 record. Uh, pretty much dominating their competition. Their last uh, opponent, the Lewis Flyers, they uh, they beat them 20-6, to 6, and uh, right before that, they played the number 14 team in the country, Colorado Mesa, and beat them 15-4. to 4. So the Bears are back in action this Sunday, and they're also traveling uh, south. They're going to Florida, and uh, make sure to tune into those games that they play another uh, top-ranked team in the country. I uh, believe the number six team, uh, Regis, Colorado, down in, in Florida. So I think they got a tr- uh, three games down there and they're looking to remain undefeated. So make sure you tune in at least uh, for a little bit there and, and kind of keep up with uh, the exciting start to their season. And then lastly, we got some esports. Uh, they're, they're keeping busy these days. Uh, League of Legends comes into the week uh, with their last game of the, re- of the regular season. They're 3 and 2. And uh, they look down end on a high note as they take on Montana in the regular season finale. And also, the three other esports e- teams are all in action in the spring. Rocket League, Hearthstone, and Overwatch uh, all began their seasons in the past week. And uh, good luck to everyone in the esports program. I know they're uh, keeping plenty busy and uh, keep competing well, and, and we'll be cheering you on.
1: For sure, for sure. And without further ado, we'd like to introduce our special guest, Who's with us here today? She's a stud lacrosse player for the Concordia St. Paul lacrosse team, and she's also done a lot for the diabetes community. But not only the diabetes community—I I think we could all agree and say the entire state of Minnesota. Um, and without further ado, uh, we'd like to welcome Alexa Stanley onto the show. How are we doing?
2: Good. How are you guys?
1: Good. Good. We're uh, ready to dive into it today, um, and we can just start off by asking some background questions. Uh, you Sounds know, good. when did you start playing lacrosse? Uh, And how did this eventually get you to Concordia?
2: Um, So I started playing lacrosse my freshman year of high school. Um, My friends told me to go out for it because I wasn't playing a spring sport at the time. And then they actually all quit on me like two weeks into the season and I stuck with it (laughs) Um, and made some best friends that I still um, am in contact with today. And coming to Concordia, I knew that I wanted to play high level lacrosse, but I have a big family. There's eight of us all together. And I just am from Farmington, Minnesota, so 30 minutes south from here. I knew I wanted to stay close to home, see my little siblings grow up and just be a part of their lives. And the second that I heard Concordia was having a Division II team, um, it hooked me right away. Like, this was the only college I toured, only college that I really paid attention to. Um, I just knew that I could compete D3 in um, St. Paul, like, close to home, but the second that I had an opportunity... To, like, push myself to that next level, I jumped on it. And the head coach actually coached, like, next door to my high school at Lakeville. No so way. she knew me throughout high school because we played them and beat them. <laughs> <laughs> but she knew me, so it was an easy recruiting process. She just reached out and was like, I have an open roster spot. Like, if you want it, it's yours. So I committed here when I was a junior in high school. And it was definitely one of the best decisions I've made.
0: Good for, sure. for you. So, I mean... Obviously, you kind of touched on this a little bit, but mm-hmm. what is, I don't know, did you listen to any other schools? I mean, I got to imagine with so much of lacrosse being out east and yeah. just kind of start up, what is the recruiting process like, or did you even have to experience that because you kind of knew, I, I want to be close to home?
2: Um, so I played soccer in high school as well, and I got recruited for soccer at multiple universities as well, but I was playing that since I was in fifth grade. I kind of was sick of it, and I fell in love with lacrosse yeah. like the second I started Um, So the cross-recruiting process was difficult because, as you said, like every good team that you see is not anywhere close to Minnesota. Um, So a couple of colleges reached out when I put like a profile out, like the normal recruiting profile. Mm -hmm. There was a school in Florida. They were D2. um, They were a little smaller. And I was just like... If I can get that same level in Minnesota, I want to take it. Um, But recruiting process was difficult, I guess. I feel like that's with every sport. There's so many factors that come into play. You're always worried about, like, scholarship money and just the classes. Do they have my major? Do they have what I want to do after this? Because sports isn't going to run my entire life once I graduate. Right. Um, So, yeah, I guess that process kind of was a breeze when I knew what I wanted Like, Concordia, I switched my major three times from being here. (laughs) So, I mean, I got lucky that each time I switched that they had it here because I didn't want to have to transfer or figure that out.
1: But,
2: yeah, so it was pretty smooth sailing after I kind of figured out what I wanted to do and my family was on board because they were were excited to be close and still play at a higher level.
1: Well, it seems like you already had the process figured out Mm -hmm. um, a lot compared to most students in high school who are trying to play a sport as well in college it seems mm-hmm. like they're focused on um the sport and yeah. what school is best for me when it comes to that aspect rather than like you had said does it work for me financially does mm. it work for me academically um distance wise is it too far or is it too close whatever maybe it seems like you already had that figured out which is awesome yeah. but good for you good for you uh what do we else what else do we got here shoddy i think we covered all that mm-hmm. oh it, here we go uh well do you want to take care of this one Sure, all right, I go go, I'll jump right in. So
0: obviously, you, you know, starting as a freshman it's obviously really impressive. You you, you worked your way uh, into a college program. Did you feel confident as like you know a senior? You're like, okay, can I just jump into the next level right away, or do you think it was going to be a, a stepping stone, maybe?
2: Yeah, I knew it was going to be hard. So only having like four years under my belt, coming into like Division two of like playing, I knew it was going to be like difficult. Oh, it was it was like a wake up call kind of because I knew I had a lot to work on. Like I surprised myself when I committed at the Division two level, and I talked myself down. I'm like, oh, it's because it's a new program. Oh, if they were more established, who knows if I would be here. And when I stepped in, it was just everyone was super supportive, and it was a shock though. I was like, I don't think I'm going to be able to do this, and it was not what I was used to. Like the workouts everything practices like some days we go for three hours and I was we, high school we got an hour if like an hour and a half at most so I was sitting here like this lifestyle change with lacrosse and then having to do school with it it was um crazy um I kind of forgot where I was going with this I'm no, sorry no no you're you good you answered just, the question honestly <laughs> is just right
0: you know kind of were you ready to make that step right away and no you answered it great okay perfect you you know you you knew you'd have some stuff to work on Mm -hmm. and and sounds like you did and 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 here you are now but uh kind of transitioning so you're at concordia now uh and i'm sure your first year at concordia is something you're you're never going to really forget Mm -hmm. uh major lifestyle change uh occurred that really i I can't imagine any of your peers really know much about or I, i can't imagine many uh Uh, people your age are dealing with this. But Mm -hmm. uh, so I I think that makes it even tougher. But can you just kind of explain to us what happened your freshman year and kind of walk us through, you know, kind of start to finish what happened?
2: Yeah. Um, Okay, so we were 10 games into my freshman year season. um, And for a month I was sick. Like I just was tired all the time. I was always sleeping, and I was just dropping pounds. Like I think I was down 20 to 25 pounds in that, like, span of a month. And I thought mono went around my team a while back, so I was like, maybe that's what it is. Like maybe it's sickness, whatever. Um, and it was crazy because you can see in photos that like just my bones from my chest were just like showing. Like it looked like I was malnourished, and I didn't see it myself because you don't. You look at yourself every day, mm-hmm. you don't see the changes, right? But when I went home over Easter break, I saw all my high school friends, and they were like are you eating like what's going on? I'm like, I eat like 10 meals a day. Like I'm always (laughs) working out. I was like, that is not a problem when it comes to me. Um, and then it hit like Easter and I was with my family all day and I slept the entire day of Easter. Like, I think I went upstairs for food for at like right in the morning when my mom made, um, breakfast and I slept the entire day and she was like, all right, something's wrong. Like it was Sunday. So she's like, we'll wait till Monday to take you in. Um, so fast forward to the next day it's April 2nd of 2018 and I went to the doctors, and they test me for mono, and they're like, yeah, it's negative. Like, you're fine to go. Like, they didn't say anything. They did blood work, but their tests, they didn't know what to run it for. Um, and then four hours later, I got a call from my doctor, and they're like, hey, like, is this Lexus? I was like, yeah, what's up? And they're like, well, we tested your blood, and you're positive for type 1 diabetes. And in that moment, like, it was so sad. I, like, bawled to myself, to my parent. Like, my parents went home. It was literally me in Farmington, and they were both at work, um, and I just bawled to myself, and I knew that in that moment, like, my life was going to be completely different. I grew up with a friend. Um, he got diagnosed in seventh grade, but he never talked about it, never was open about it. I knew he had it, and he played baseball, too. Like, he plays in college right now as well, um, but it just, he never made it a big deal, so I'm right. like, all right. I composed myself. I called my parents. I was like, hey, like, we got to go. So I had to go to the emergency room. I was in the ICU, ICU for a couple days because I was in di- diabetic ketoacidosis, which is when your blood essentially turns, like, acidic, and it's really, like, people die from DKA, um, which, yeah, so that was scary. I was in the ICU for a couple days. Um, all in all, I was in the hospital for five days total until they got my blood sugar level. I was, like, over 700, and the normal range is 90 to 130. So, yeah, it was crazy. Um, No way. Yeah, so we're thankful. It was crazy because that Tuesday, so I got diagnosed Monday. That Tuesday, my lacrosse team was leaving on a week-long trip to go out of of state for that Tuesday to Sunday. And the doctor was like, if you wouldn't have came and you wouldn't have went on that trip, she's like, I don't know what would have happened to you because I would have just played through it. Like I played through a couple games with it, right? and I could tell my performance was not there. Like, I got pulled, and I was, like, freaking out. I was, like, why am I getting pulled? Like, what's going on? And they're, like, you're just not performing. And I couldn't figure out why because my body wasn't breaking down anything. I was eating all the sugars. I was consuming Pixie sticks. Like, yeah. it was so bad. <laughs> right. like, I remember be being, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, I remember just being, like, trying to eat, like, everything. We're in Michigan the weekend before, and I just couldn't do anything. Um, and after that, I was on, like, a medical, like, I couldn't play any games until we got it figured out. Um, So I missed kind of the remainder of my season after that. Um, Our trainer, Jess here, she helped me get back a little bit. I was able to play like one half at a time, but it was like 10 minutes because I was in a weird phase. Um, They call it like the honeymoon phase where my pancreas started creating insulin on its own once it got some in the body. So I would give myself insulin and I would drop dangerously low because my pancreas started like working again. So... It was just such a struggle of being at the right level to play lacrosse and then without dropping dangerously low to where something bad would happen. So I struggled with that, that remainder of the season. And then going into summer workouts, it was fine tuning time because I'm like, all right, now like summer workouts is a time for me where I don't have like I'm not held to a high standard right now because it's just me training to get better. Like lacrosse games, I have to like perform. I have to be on point in season. So I'm like summer. I can mess around a little bit, like, see what it reacts to, like, different levels, like, how it works. Um, So that kind of closed out my freshman year season, and then ever since then, it's still, like, an everyday thing. Like, it affects me even now as I'm a junior, so.
1: So does it, it has it changed your everyday lifestyle?
2: Yeah, oh, 100%. Um, Every day, it's worrying, like, even right now when I walked in here, I was, like, checking. I have a device I wear that checks my blood sugar for me. Every five minutes, I get an update um so it's monitoring what I eat like I'm kind of fasting right now just because my blood sugar levels were good and I just lifted so I wait like I usually fast every morning until like lunch because then I actually have the time to count all my carbs do everything I need because this lifestyle as a student athlete it's just like rush 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 like no time like I have class after this so I'm even waiting till after my class to eat and get food in me which is hard being an athlete because we always have to be eating. We oh, right. always have yeah, to, like... Absolutely. I can't, like... I can count on the amount of hands that I, like, eat in a week because it's so little compared to, like, all my other, like, teammates because they don't have to worry about what, like, their blood sugar is. And it's just mm-hmm. such a stressor that adds on top of school and lacrosse. So it, it's a lot, but... Yeah, no mm-hmm. doubt. Yeah.
1: Do, do you... um. Do you feel like you've gotten a routine down? And did it take a while to kind of get a a new routine down?
2: Yeah, I like to say I have a routine down. But a lot of times, if you talk to my teammates, I kind of wing a lot of things. Yeah, And I like to be on a schedule. But a lot of the times, just the way this, um, I guess, disease works is like, I could eat the same thing every single day for breakfast, get myself the same amount of insulin every day for it and some days I'll drop low, and some days my blood sugar will go high. Okay. Like, my body, like our bodies break down food differently every single time. For the most part, it could be consistent, but it's not, so it's still trying to figure out the right. So as much as I'd like to be on a routine and do things... It just doesn't. It's no. not like. No, that's able, a good point. Yeah. That's a
1: good point. I guess it's not necessarily where I can just do the same thing every single mm-hmm. day. I guess you kind of got to play it by ear as well. Yeah, just it's adjust just to whatever the day may.
2: And like always, bringing a bag with me, regardless, like everywhere I go, I have to have a bag that has ev- all like everything, all my insulin. Like I wear uh insulin pump, so it's just like a little PDM device. Um, make sure I have that. I make sure that I have like a phone charger because my phone dies, and then there's no connection to like see my blood sugar. I have to bring. It's just a bunch of supplies that has to be with me at all times. Mm -hmm. And that, I think, is, like, one of the biggest stressors is being prepared. Like, as we head to Florida this week, I, like, just went went to go pick up a prescription of, like, emergency supplies that I have to give to the trainer just in case, like, something happens. And I already know that I'm going to get stopped through TSA when we go to, like, the airport because they're like, why do you have syringes with you? (laughs) And it's like, (laughs) trust me, (laughs) it's it's not what you think. (laughs) But, yeah, it's a big it's been a big jump. Um, my family's supportive of everything. And so is my team. They always talk to me every single day. They're like, I'll get texts sometimes like, Oh, what's like, what are you at today? Like, is it a good week or a bad week? Because there Mm -hmm. are times when it's like my blood sugar just run high the entire week and it just drains me. And it just physically, like, it just is horrible. So then they're like, they know, like in practice, if it's high, they're like, all right, we'll just kind of lay off her a little bit. Like we don't want to make her more irritable or like more <laughs> whatever because right. we're so we all joke with each other. We, it's so fun. Like our team dynamic um so they kind of know they all kind of get me. They read me. We've been together for 3 years now. Most of us have. So we got we got a nice strong bond going on.
1: That's Good. what it's about.
0: That's what yep. it's about. <laughs> um so kind of reshifting a little bit. Um you obviously decided to get more involved mm-hmm. in, in the process and, and kind of At what point did you decide, I want to get more involved in this, and I want my voice to be heard, and and how did you get involved?
2: Um, So, funny story. So, my psych professor, he has type 1, or he did. My psych professor from my sophomore year in the fall, he had type 1, his dad had type 1, and he was on some, like, American Diabetes Association board and was, like, super involved. And for me, I have to disclose that I have type 1 to all my professors, just in case. Um, So, he asked me one day and he's like, there's going to be like a round table, which is just a conversation essentially with like legislators, um, talking about like bills and whatever. He's like, we're going to adjust the price of insulin. Like, do you want to come? Because he knew I just got diagnosed and he knew just my personality. He's like, you're really personable. Like you would be good. Just kind of tell them your experience. Um, so yeah, he invited me to come with him and one of the people leading it was someone that I know in the legislative world. Like, he's the um, senator for Lakeville, Matt Little. Um, I don't know if that rings a bell. If I, mm-hmm. don't if okay, yeah. I, like, I don't know if he's here. <laughs> um, so I knew him, and he was a good friend. And, like, after I spoke at that roundtable, it just hit me. Like, this is something that I'm passionate about. Like, I've already experienced what I hear other diabetics are, like, experiencing. Like, for me, it's like my mom can't leave her job because we need insurance to pay for all my supplies. So she's, like, working a job that she completely just loathes because if she leaves and I don't have her insurance, my insulin would cost me well over maybe, like, $1,500 a month, which is triple my rent. And that doesn't account for, like, the thing that tracks my blood sugar. Like, that Dexcom, the retail price for that, I think I pick it up and it's, like, $930. And that gets bought monthly. So... (laughs) It's just the way it affected my life, even with the insulin and every everything that is needed to manage diabetes, like, all of that is price gouged, like, extremely high. Like, it should not be that much to just stay alive and, like, mm-hmm. stay living. Because insulin right. is water, it's air, like, everything. Um, so the second they told me that I could do something more, I jumped at it. Because I was like, I know that I have, like, I can make a change. Like, I knew for a second, I was like... I'm able to speak for people that feel like they don't have that voice. And I've been like that since I was a little kid. Like, my mom always, growing up, I told her I wanted to be president. Not going to happen, but (laughs) somewhere along the lines, I was like, I knew when I was a little kid that I was a born leader. Like, I was a captain for both my sports that I played in high school. Like, I knew that I fell into that category and I had those qualities. And if I have them, I want to use them. I don't want to just put it aside and be like, oh, someone else is going to get it done. Someone else is going to fix it. Like, There's no point to wait around for it when you're right here to do something about it.
1: 100%. Yeah. I sounds, love the mindset. Sounds, that. sounds like a leader.
2: About. Sounds exactly
0: like a leader. <laughs> exactly. So, um. So I I did some reading. I know, Uh. I think the bill that is going through is called Alex Bill. Yeah. And can you kind of explain uh, what you've been doing at the Capitol and what you're trying to ultimately accomplish in, in passing this?
2: Yeah. So... The Alex Smith Affordably Affordable Insulin Act is two different types of plans, and it affords it gives people affordable insulin for a long term, and then emergency insulin for short term. Um, And so, Alex Smith he actually passed away due to his rationing his insulin when he was twenty six. He got diagnosed at twenty four with type one. When he was twenty six, he aged off his parents' insurance, and he passed away that uh, later that year due to rationing. So his mom, Nicole Smith, um, she's actually someone who I hold like near and dear. She's really helped me with this movement. Um, she was the one who sat down with legislators and like essentially helped them write this bill. It got turned down last year at the end of the last legislative session. Um, it was blocked by the Senate. So this year, the fact that the House passed the bill, the first bill of the year, like it means something. So what we do at the Capitol is we'll go to the committee hearings. So bills have to go through a bunch of different committees before they can get a vote on the House floor, which is what happened on Wednesday. Yeah, it was Wednesday. So we would go to these uh, committee hearings and testify and explain and try to just let these legislators know that this bill is, like, here for a reason. Like, there are people that need this. There's people that are rationing their insulin. Since they they blocked the bill last session, we know of two more Minnesotans who passed away due to rationing their insulin so if we have we it's funny like we talk about life and like we talk about all that stuff and like oh it's not a big deal like when you talk about getting this done how it doesn't affect other people but it's like the second they blocked that bill we know two people that lost a son and like a brother a friend like anything so what we do is we try to amplify that to the legislators because Not many of them understand what, like, diabetes is, let alone, Mm -hmm. like, the differences between type 1, type 2. We actually have, there's someone in the House of Representatives who is type 1. And she, at this floor hearing when they voted on the bill, she stood up for everyone. And she was appalled at what some of her representatives were saying as well. Because the people that are against this are against it, like, they yeah. are no changing their minds. Like, why do diabetics deserve this? Like, why not cancer patients? Like, a representative quoted that. Like, quote unquote, he said, like, why do diabetics get things for free, and why, why them? And like, that is I. We all stood there. We were in the gallery watching the House floor vote, and just appalled at the fact that someone can think like our life isn't worth saving. And I right. think ultimately, like every time we're at the Capitol, it's all hearings. It's all trying to make them understand that like each person that comes and talks to you guys is affected by this. Like I stood in solidarity with the governor of Minnesota, Tim Walls, multiple times, like telling them, like I read off the names of people that we know that have passed away due to rationing their insulin, just in general, like all around the country. And it resonated with so many people and they're still not doing anything about it. So that's like, I don't know how many times you can keep hammering it down, just like we need something done. So every time we're at the Capitol, that's what we're doing is just letting our voices be heard and trying to do something.
1: Were you nervous speaking at the Capitol?
2: Oh, (laughs) (laughs) every single time it's like I hold paper and I'm like, you can see my hands, like I'm like holding, and then I have to put it down so then you can't see me shaking because it's it's nerve-wracking. I can only
1: imagine, man. I'd be be tweaking. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be tweaking. It's a lot of
0: important people in this. Yeah, Yeah, and like...
2: The amount of like news, like I think I see people and they're like, oh, I just saw you on the news the other day. And I'm like, when did they like I have no idea sometimes that they're filming like I'll do. I know. So I work with an organization and it's the Minnesota Insulin for All organization. I'm on the executive board as their administrative lead. We're like a nonprofit and they're pretty much the ones that we um, are like a big group of all these people that are also pushing for this bill. And that's how I'm getting more involved is like we have so many resources with this group and we don't take any contributions. So there's other things that work with diabetics, I guess, like there's other organizations and a lot of them take profit from the pharmaceutical companies as like donations. And that's what we're trying to prevent. Like that's why a lot of the times these bills get turned down in the Senate because um, the Senate actually got a contribution, like a very large contribution from these pharmaceutical companies, essentially bribing them to like turn down the bill because the bill that we want in place would put a, impose a tax on those companies yeah. that are raising these prices. In the last 10 years, insulin increased from what? It was like $99 to $269 and that's like just one type of insulin. Like my insulin increased from 269 to 324 from December to January like this year. And like for no reason. Like they're not doing any R&D on it. Like it just is increasing. And the big problem with the bill is like people think that putting a tax on these manufacturers are going to make them incri- increase the price. But if they're already doing it, like why not try to see like what we can do? Right. Um so that's like a big Oh, that's a whole other topic of like pharmaceutical <laughs> companies and everything but yeah it is it is a big legal mess of a lot of things
1: well, and good for you for trying to you know uh take leadership in that and then try and make a change um for sure but uh, how much support have you support have you received since really getting involved in speaking um and making motions to pass the bill
2: um a lot crazy a lot like um me personally, like the high school I graduated from, they have held fundraisers. Like they just did a diabetes awareness night and we sold t-shirts and all the funds went back to like the nonprofit that, um, we I volunteer for. And it's just like, all my community is like, I didn't even know some of these people like really, I mean, it's Facebook, so whatever, but like there's people sharing things about that I did and all this stuff. And I'm like, It just blows my mind, like, that entire side. But then it's, like, I came, I have my college community, too, and, like, everyone that I know here, I'll walk through the halls and, like, hey, like, oh, my gosh, like, I saw this post or I saw something, like, good job. Like, I'm so proud of you for doing this. And it's just, like, it's so nice. Like, and it reinforces that, like, I'm actually doing something because it's, like.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I
2: had a buddy from high school in They just messaged me and they're like, I know we haven't talked in a really long time, but they're like, I'm just proud. And they're like, I knew you in high school. You were like a voice. And she's like, to see you doing this like with your voice, she's like, I'm just like amazed. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, my heart. Thank you. (laughs) And it's just, I don't know. It's just.
1: It's got to keep you pushing. Yeah. Moving forward. Always.
2: It's just you. I didn't realize how grateful I would be and just how much I needed it. Like I knew doing this, I was starting a battle that I'm like I don't know if I'm gonna win it, but like I'm gonna try. But knowing that I have all this like re- all these people like have my back, it's just yeah. a whole nother ball game now.
0: Yeah, it's exciting, man. <laughs> That's wow. Um, so obviously you're you're handling your, you know the situation extremely well, um, and you're you're obviously making a huge difference for thousands of people around the world, mm-hmm. uh, not just in Minnesota, but. At some point, you probably, you know, we talked about this a little bit, you wanted to get back onto the lacrosse field and and get going that way again. Um, so what was your plan to kind of get back? And I know you talked about Jess was kind of mm-hmm. helping you back, but now that you're, you're kind of, you know, from the time you're going minute restriction mm-hmm. to now the time where you're, you're playing in full games, I'm mm-hmm. sure, what did that process look like? I Because obviously if you get injured, it's rehab. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, what did, what did that look like?
2: Um, a lot of it just kind of looked like, I don't know. It's different every day. It still is different every day. Like, it was just managing my blood sugar levels better, and it's definitely communication. Like, I always had to be open with Jess. Of there's just a stigma, like with not practicing because of like you're hurt or something. So me to feel like oh I'm not practicing because my blood sugar levels. Like no one sees it, no one feels it. It's just me. So getting back into it, it was just like open communication, letting you know like hey. Like, my blood sugar's running too high today. Like, I don't think I can actually perform. Like, it's going to do more harm than good if I did this. Yeah. And you don't want to
1: play hero ball. Yeah. yeah. So yeah.
2: it's just kind of, like, knowing what's right for the team and, like, knowing what's right for my health needed to, like, my health needed to be put first. Um, but, yeah, I guess day by day, it just was – it was kind of a guessing game. Like, even now, like, I'm better. I keep it at track. I know what I need to be at to start practice, and I know, like – what I need to do after practice, because after you work out, your blood sugar tends to just drop low, like, hours after. So it's the nights where we have late games, and then we're, like, driving to the hotels and whatever, and then being in my hotel room with someone, it's, like, they need to know, like, just in case, like, we need to have snacks in here, like, whatever, because it just hits after, but, um, yeah, getting back into it, my sophomore season, it was a slow start, but it was... The, it was my barf, like my favorite season. <laughs> uh,
1: I love it. I love it. Well, you know, all you did after getting back for uh, <laughs> a full season's worth of action is being named All-Gliac First Team Defender, All-Gliac Tournament Team, named to the Gliac All-Academic Team, and a three-time honorable mention Gliac Defensive Player of the Week. <laughs> so whatever you did clearly worked. <laughs> yeah. uh, bouncing back and recovering from all of this, yeah. uh, which is no surprise um, with all the great qualities you have um how did it feel getting back to playing competitive lacrosse again
2: it felt really good like it was a breath of fresh air because there were so many struggles that were restricting me prior so now it's like when I'm on the field I just kind of forget everything like my blood sugar goes out the window like I don't even think like Jess that I was like Jess that's your job right now like <laughs> let me just play like I will play I will give everything I have if something like Every time there's a timeout, I always check my blood sugar. Every time there's halftime, like, I'll sit and check it. So I'm worried about that. But the second I'm on the field, I'm just like, this is my time. Like, this is what I know I need. Like, oh, it's just such a refreshing, like, I can't even put into words how much lacrosse does for, like, my well-being. Like, it's so, just this weekend, like, when we go to Florida, we have three games, five days, and I'm so excited. And just playing, (laughs) playing competitively. Like, our last game, you said Lewis, 20 to 6, like... They shouldn't even scored six goals, but it's so hard playing a team where it's just like, I don't know. Like, it was such a mess, but now we're getting into, like, ranked teams and just... That drive to be the best is right. like coming back on us, and everyone on my team I know feels it. Like we're all striving. Like we just got ranked 16th in the nation. Like we are striving to bring that number. Like we're going.
1: That fires you yeah, up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: We we already knew this was ring season, so we're looking. We're looking for that ring.
0: I yeah. love the uh, the competitive edge you're bringing. Not, not satisfied. Not yeah, satisfied. satisfied. I like that a lot. Uh So something I think a lot of student athletes can relate to, but I don't think. Uh, I think Port and I can test. I don't think we were really doing this much, but how are you balancing your life right now? You're dedicating your time volunteering at the Capitol. You're in this nonprofit giving endless hours. I'm sure you're enrolled as a full time student, you know, tests, homework. You're practicing and playing every day with lacrosse going on. You're traveling on buses. You're going on plane trips. You're going all over the country. Not to mention, you're living, you know, a social life of being a college athlete. How the heck do you have time to do everything you do?
2: <laughs> it's a great <laughs> I, question. Yeah, yeah. I and like, I honestly wish I knew. Like, uh, it just is. Like last night, I actually took an exam, and it was like an hour and a half exam. I'm like, yeah, I'll knock it out in like 45. Took the entire hour and a half to do the exam, <laughs> and I was like, oh. So I like, I'm really good when it comes to deadlines. So I don't really stress about things until the day it's due, and then I just like grind it. Like somehow, some part of me is able to grind things out in the last. Like that's probably like the worst attribute that I have is that I'm such a procrastinator. It's horrible. So like balancing school, school's just kind of there. Like I did I like made the Dean's list last semester. So I was excited. I got yeah. like everything like 4.0. I was like cool. Like I can do it like that. And I think that's like the hardest thing is like I have all these school like I classes I complain about homework and everything and then I spend all my time doing like lacrosse and then I have to realize like the time that I spend not doing all my schoolwork. It's like always dedicated to like reading articles, like volunteering with the Insulin for All group. I just I don't know. I Google Calendar saves my life. That's all <laughs> I gotta say. With there you balancing go. balancing everything, it's like every time I have a meeting with like a legislator, every time I know that I have to go to this hearing, or every time like our practice schedule if something changes, like everything like this was in my Google Calendar. So I made sure I was like 10 p.m. gotta be here. <laughs> but it's not as easy as I'd hoped it would be though. Like the social life aspect, it's like draining. Cause you know, people are going out on the weekends. Like, you know, that everyone is just so easy to like, keep up with their like friends. And I feel so bad cause there are people that I haven't reached out to that are like a big impact on my life. But yeah. then it's just so busy that I'm like, I totally forgot I was going to like text you back or something. So it's just like trying to make time for everything. I don't even know how like I just any, I don't know how anyone does it That plays sports in college Cause I don't I don't think there's There's not really a rule book To this But that'd be nice If there were
0: Well right, I think honestly Like the number <laughs> one question When I'm coaching high school It's mm-hmm. like Parents like How do they How are they gonna do this How are they gonna manage school And traveling oh, And it's yeah. like well, yeah, you'll figure it out. But then you add like four other layers in your case. It's like, mm-hmm. well, you have a shining example right <laughs> here. Just, I'm just gonna give
1: everyone your number and they can call you. and yeah, it, There so. you go. There you go. You know, grow up fast. <laughs> grow up fast. <laughs> oh, that's that is awesome. Uh, so, since playing, have you noticed anything that really sticks out? Um, you know, about you playing with diabetes that you might not have that might not have concerned you um, or been tough for you before, or maybe two to
0: throw on top that yeah. something if someone who's not used to or might not be diagnosed yet but in the future like something you might recommend if you know to someone who, who might be dealing with something in a similar situation
2: yeah yeah um so for me something i notice so i heal a lot slower than you like just cuz my immune system's compromised so okay. like in general you're sick more you heal slow so when it comes to lacrosse Like, I just, like, tweak my hamstring, like, on Tuesday, and, like, I'm freaking out because I'm, like, I know, like, Jess will tell me, oh, you should be fine by, like, Sunday's game, but that's talking to someone who doesn't have this disease, like, fighting in their body every single day. Yeah. So I know that, like, I probably won't be fine, but I'll, like, still play, whatever, but, like, realizing that I heal slow, like, makes me a little more cautious when I play because I know that someone's injury compared to my injury we could have the same thing and I will still be out longer. So I think there's like a fine line between like like I don't I don't even know how to explain it just like what I do and then yeah. how like the reason I'm doing it. But if someone can't tell I think the biggest like factor is the whole like lack of energy thing. Like if someone like could be facing like in my shoes, I couldn't even like stand up without help like when I like two days before I was diagnosed like I was literally like lifting myself off of chairs and things like it was the craziest like I was so confused and you just have no idea because not there's not much education about type one just in general so for the fact that it was actually like ironic two weeks ago two weeks prior to me being diagnosed me and my roommate, I was web MDing my Symptoms, and I said And I was like, oh my gosh, haha, like what if I had Diabetes, and my roommate laughed And then two weeks later I got diagnosed And then my roommate called me and was like I can't believe I laughed at that joke you made because now I feel horrible. I was like, dude, no one could have known. Like, it was like a joke. It's always, I always WebMD all my symptoms. So I'm like, huh, maybe this is it. And that was the last case. Like, it doesn't run in my family. No, I literally knew no one related to me that had it. So I'm like, ah, like toss it out the window. That's not a case. And then it happened. And it was just like, the symptoms, it's textbook. Like, I was the textbook definition for what it was like to be in like DKA and have type 1. It's just, like, the, always, like, loss of weight, huge one. Like, I know so many people that were diagnosed and, like, yeah, I lost all this weight. And, like, someone's sister, she was about to be in a wedding. And her sister was, like, did you just lose all this weight for my wedding? And then she was diagnosed with type 1 literally right after. And it was, like, th- yeah, it was Jeez. the craziest. Like, there's so many experiences just, like, and you have to go to the bathroom all the time. Like, everything you eat, you essentially, can I say pee? is that? I don't know what the, I don't know. I know it's not a bad, but like (laughs) everything you eat, you just like pee out. So it's like, I did not sleep through the night for like four weeks because I was constantly going to the bathroom and I was hydrating myself because I thought I was dehydrated. So I'm like drinking all this water and it was like. 2am 4am like i'd wake up at 8am and it's just constant like i'd leave class because i'm like why like i was like am i drinking too much water so then i stopped right. drinking water because i'm like maybe if i don't give myself anything to like pee out like i would stop but right. then it's like all the food you eat and you consume it just doesn't break down and it's it was crazy so that's like the biggest telltale signs. like you're losing weight and you're going to the bathroom all the time and just like it's uh, i should have known and i didn't so now it's like now that i see what it means to like have type one and like experience that it's like i hope people figure this out before like their dka like symptoms are worse than mine because that's like the scary realities that people like pass away from that yeah so it's like if you don't know and you're just living your life and you're and you don't want to go to the hospital because obviously hospital bills aren't cheap so a lot of times like that's most my team they're like go see the doctor. Like, nah, we don't need a doctor. Like, who's going to pay for it? So it's just kind of like, it's scary. It's a scary reality.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, plus some people are kind of scared to go to the doctor and yeah. you know, figure out what might be wrong with them For and sure. whatnot. I know I can be like that sometimes, Just even when I have can a cuff, suck it up. you know what I mean? You, yeah. yeah. So I'll be fine in a week.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so what's, what's your plans after college when you're graduated and has it changed since you've been diagnosed with diabetes?
2: Um, yeah. So as I mentioned earlier, I changed my major three times <laughs> since I've been here at Concordia and my most recent major change was to public relations and then a double minor in political science and psychology for this sole fact that I got so involved with all this stuff that that's what I want to do in the future. Um, I was thinking about making a run for the House of Representatives in my district because um, with the whole community support, um, the guy who's been there, he's like incumbent, and he's been there for like 12 years, and I don't think anyone wants him in there anymore. Sorry. (laughs) 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 He's he's made a name for himself already, um, but... I wanted to run for the House of Representatives, and it's a big goal because I'd I'd be what I'd be like 22, one of the youngest people to run for it. Because all you have to do is be 21, and oh, I know. Okay, that's <laughs> what I was gonna
1: ask: is what age you need to be? Yeah, okay.
2: 21. So I know the representative that represents Burnsville, he was the youngest at like 23, and I knew like definitely it wouldn't do it the year after I graduate. Like I think I'd have to do I'd have to take a break a little bit. But, yeah, future plans is just stay involved with this kind of stuff. Like, um, I'm really big with, like, gun control kind of stuff. My sister, there's a past to that. And, like, there's a many things that I'm passionate about that would help me in, like, my run at, like, being representative and just, like, the peoples, listening to the people around me and knowing what they want and, like, obviously fight for people. So I yeah. know that if someone, they need someone to fight for them, like, I would be, like, runner up for that. So. Yeah.
1: And not just one specific group. Yeah. You're saying multiple groups now.
2: Yeah, there's like multiple things that I'm passionate about. Like this just is the one that directly affects me that I knew that I'm gonna be twenty six, like I'm gonna be getting off my parents' insurance. There's something that has to be done. So this is the first step in hopefully a long line of just making the world a better place. No doubt. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: I'm sure I'm sure you'll be just fine. Great reader. it sounds like so. I agree. And back on the lacrosse wagon. Okay. So there's there's a there's a men's professional lacrosse league. Mm-hmm. I don't. know. We used to have a team here, the Swarm. The Swarm. Right? Yeah. Are they yeah. still here? No, they're, no, not, they're here. not. I remember. I went to a couple games at the X. it was fun. Yeah. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I thought it was. I was a hockey guy, so actually seeing it there and now it's the cross instead it was was actually interesting. Is there a women's professional league?
2: So I wanna say yes and no. It's like
1: like a semi-pro league we have or something. like
2: the national teams, like oh, Team USA, right. like all that kind of stuff. Okay. But there's not a league that actually has, at least that I know of. I'm not I was not I never looked into pro lacrosse. Like yeah. I knew for my future I was like, I'm not gonna play after college. But I know there's like um there's like kind of semi-pro, but there's okay. not enough really teams, I feel like, to make real league it's mostly just all you see are like the national teams like team USA team Canada and that kind of stuff
1: right okay I was I'm just a sports nut so I'm always curious (laughs) with those kind of things those kind of things uh so so yeah staying on that lacrosse uh
0: so let's talk about your team right now you guys are obviously off to a really good start and you Mm -hmm. talked about a little bit about the bond you guys have Mm -hmm. what makes this team different from other teams you've been on and and what's going to be the key to kind of your success this year
2: um, I think the biggest thing that makes this team different from other teams I've been on is the fact that, like, we are starting with the same, like, we have eight seniors this year, and those eight seniors were there my freshman year, and it's the same group of girls that have been, like, persevering through so many different experiences, and we've just faced a lot of adversity on this team already. Um, going into my third year, you we already knew, the, like, we knew the bond was going to be something special, but once you face challenges and be able to overcome them as a team like that's what actually grows um the bond that you guys have um so yeah that really it's just different the other teams I was on in like high school it was like ah cool like we don't talk at all at school but like I'll see you on like the field after school but like here Every time we see teammates, it's always con- like we're always checking in on each other. We're always making sure that someone's good. We're always texting in our group message. Like there's continuous like conversation and communication. I think that's what helps our bond and like that's what makes us strong on the field. Is that communication aspect?
1: Sounds like a family. Yeah, it sounds like a family. A lot like one goes, goes a long way. Goes a long way, and it's awesome that you guys are off to a good start. And mm-hmm. uh, I can see why. Here's a random but, but fun question. I was thinking <laughs> about this uh, a couple days ago. Um, specifically, college lacrosse. Do you mm. think goalies should wear padding in college lacrosse? And honestly, specifically men's.
2: Oh, and men's 100%. Do you know they're how crazy. fast their shots are? I mean, because I, no I, profe-
1: I know professionally they do. And yeah. the, I mean, they're in nuts. college, they're shooting it just as hard as professional guys. Yeah. Come on. Like, you got to be borderline insane. Like, wearing a ball off your shin?
2: That sounds... which You should see, <laughs> like, like, our goalie, Kate Lotzfeld... Oh my, her bruises just from women's shots, crazy. Like she doesn't wear, she wears a chest protector and that is it. So nothing else. And I'm telling you, her legs are just purple at this point. Like, I'm like, you're going on your fourth year getting shots. Some of these girls, like if you got a shot from Alina Boyce and (laughs) oh my, no, thank you. Like (laughs) I'm thinking about some of the girls on my team that just rip shots and whenever it hits the goalie, I'm like, I cringe for them because I can never, I was a soccer goalie. And I, like, took balls that were rolling at, like, a mile per hour. Like, nothing hit me, whatever. (laughs) And then I see these tiny little lacrosse balls just fly. Oh, my. That, yeah.
1: I just always think about it like,
0: God bless him, man, because I I couldn't do it. I'll take an Arolis Chapman fastball to the back before
1: I stand (laughs) in net and and, uh, lacrosse. lacrosse. Seriously, man. But I just, I had to ask. I had to ask. the most respect in the world for them.
2: Yeah, that's yes. unbelievable. I no, no thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: hey, shot that's all
0: I got, man. That's all I got too. So unless you got any shout outs you wanna give out.
2: Uh, just shout out to the LAX team. Like Let's we're go. 60th hey. in the nation, baby. We're Let's about to go. bring that down. I'm so pumped.
1: Let's go. That number's gonna it's yeah. gonna get lower. Lower. It's gonna uh-huh. get lower. Maybe single digits yeah. after you guys get back from Florida. <laughs> Here we go.
2: Yeah. Wait. Here shout out. Shout out to the roomie, Margo Coombs. She's gonna love that.
0: All right. There awesome. We uh, well, thank you for coming on. Mm-hmm. We uh, we learned a lot. It's really informative. I think you're know, touching lives around the world, uh, around obviously in Minnesota specifically, but. Uh, Thank you for what you're doing for Concordia. You're making us
1: look phenomenal. So (laughs) Uh, We can't thank you enough for what you do in in, in all communities. Like Shadi was saying, not just in Minnesota, mm -hmm. nationwide, and maybe even globally, for all we know. So thank you.
2: Yeah, no problem. Thank you guys for having me.
1: Absolutely. All right, Golden Bear family, thank you for tuning in again to our CSP Bears podcast. That wraps up episode two. And remember, you can listen to and follow our podcast on the CSP Bears website, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio app, the list goes on. And we are also sponsored by Buzzsprout. So thanks again. Port and Shoddy are out. And stay golden, my friends.